the song we play when Brian joins us every Wednesday. Uh, today's Wednesday, but he joins us for the entirety of the program. He's our cousin sub of the day, Brian Bulaga, the pride of Iowa. All right, so before we get to more questions that are trickling in on the text line, again, if you have a football question for the nurse practitioner of football, Brian Balaga, 844-770-3776 is the number, 844-770-3776. And, and also before we get to heartbreaking losses, uh, I have in my hand or in my inbox the entirely too early odds for the 2024 NFL MVP from Bet Online. Would you like to guess, Brian, who is in the top five of MVP candidates, the odds on favorites for your MVP for next season? Would you like to guess yeah, some I mean- of the names? Yeah, I mean, I'll go Mahomes, obviously. He is the um, favorite, 13-2, to 13-2. Two. to two. Yep. I would say Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. Uh, he is way no. down. Wow. He is 80-1, 80-1. Wow. Also alongside him so that- is Baker Mayfield. Wow. So this is wow, that that's that's crazy. Okay, so this is obviously all quarterbacks then. So then Indeed. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is probably up there again. L- Lamar Jackson, the reigning NFL MVP, is two, four, six, seventh at fourteen to one. This list sucks. No, it I wow. think you'll find okay. it very interesting, especially when we get to the fourth highest odds. Okay, Josh Allen. Josh Allen is tied for the second best odds at nine to okay. one. Okay. All so right, two Josh of the Allen, and then um, trying to look, trying to think of these teams. Um, is number four, or I'm not going to say number four, but how about Aaron Rodgers? Your old quarterback. Is yeah. two, four, six, eight, uh, ninth, okay. and twenty to okay. one. Twenty to one for okay. Aaron Rodgers, comeback player of the year. He's got to be up there. I I may take that bet at twenty to one. Mm-hmm. Um, you might want to consider that. Okay, one. so 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 let's see the let me see the obvious. Jordan Love, where's he at? Jordan Love has the fourth best. Odds according to Bet Online for the MVP at ten to one. Wow! So okay. I won't I won't put you through this any longer. Mahomes has the best odds thirteen and a, thirteen to two. Joe Burrow and Josh uh, Allen are both nine to one. Oh, uh, okay. Forgot about him. Uh, Jordan Love at yeah. ten to one and at eleven to one. C.J. Stroud. Uh, rounding out the top oh, ten, okay. Justin Herbert twelve to one, uh, Lamar Jackson fourteen to one, Brock Purdy sixteen to one, Dak Prescott eighteen to one, and then Aaron Rodgers and no. Jalen Hurts are at twenty to one. So there you go. Uh, the the more important thing is, what do you think the chances are 
that Jordan Love is the NFL MVP next season. Because that tells you how far uh, he came yeah. from not being able to score in the first half to the way he played in the second half of the season. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, I think his – obviously everyone starts with the same chances, right? Like, I get what the betting is, but everyone starts it out the same way. But I, I look at him as if he is able to start out hot the way he did and, and kind of keep that pace – he is as good as chance as anyone, right? Because we, we all saw um, Lamar Jackson win it this year, right? And we get that it's a in-season award, but he played not good in the playoffs, obviously, and he and he still won the award. So clearly they're looking at this as an in-season award, which I always thought that was kind of, you know, I think they should have let the playoffs play out to decide who the MVP is because it's, you know, I think it's a year – long award and playoffs included kind of an important Um, part of the year too yeah kind of the biggest part of the year but i think if jordan love is able to play at the level that he did towards the back half of the season and kind of just continue that nothing crazy higher and obviously no big dips um throughout i think his chances are very good because if you look at his numbers in the back half of that season Mm-hmm. Those were outstanding, right? The, that QBR, the touchdown to interception ratio, um, it was fantastic. So I think if he's able to do that and, and not and, – and I get – listen, that pace that he was setting was impressive, right? Like it was really impressive. But that to me also signals that you have to keep Aaron Jones healthy for him to kind of – for him to kind of keep that pace, there's a run game that's added to that that really helps him. And I try to tell Homer that all the time. Like, you saw this offense take off when the run game really started to to pick up and they were getting positive chunks on the ground. So it, it's not just Jordan Love. It's also if the run game stays where it was at. But I think his chances are good because I think he's for real. I really do. I think he's for real. Um, and I think he is a guy that, with the experience that he got this year and what he kind of went through with the ups and downs, right? I mean, obviously the Chicago game to start the season was great. And then they kind of went through a lull and and you were right. They couldn't even get a first down for some parts of games. Like they couldn't even get a first down to the second half. Um, And he got to experience that and learn from that and grow from that. Then kind of where he went to the back half of the season where he was just playing lights out football, those are good ebbs and flows for a young quarterback to experience. And it's great that he finished on, obviously, the the last throw against the 49ers was a low. But he got to experience the highs and lows throughout the season, so he knows to start the year what the standard is, what's what's the expectation. Um, he's put that out there, what, you know, what we should expect from him and the level of play that is going to be demanded out of him, not just from – the fan base, obviously, but from the head coach and from his teammates, um, I think I think it's all out there for him, and it's all out there for this team. So I, I like that it was ten to one. That's a good bet to have, uh-huh. and I, I kind of love. I mean, I get it. He's our my old teammate, an old Packer, but twenty to one on Aaron coming back from his Achilles, a lot to prove, big old chip on that shoulder. Twenty to one is, I like that. That's a if you're a betting man, that is uh those are lovely odds, we'll put it that way. Yeah, and and look, uh 
we can tie those two together in another way too. In 2016, a team that you were on and you guys started, uh, I think four and six, and then you won eight straight games, uh, including in the playoffs to reach the NFC Championship game. Rodgers was on an unbelievable heater, right? I mean, I think it was 23 yep. touchdowns, no like he was phenomenal. Um, if he plays like that for the Jets, uh, the Jets are going to win a lot of games, and he's going to win an MVP. But if Jordan Love plays, because I thought his nine-game stretch from uh, going into the 49ers game, so walk nine games back, including the playoff game where they dominated the Cowboys, these are his numbers from those nine games. 212 of 300, that's 70.7% completion percentage. Ooh. For 2,422 yards, 21 touchdowns, one interception, 116.6 passer rating. Um, Wow. He's not going to do that for 17 games, but doing that for nine games tells you what he's capable of. And I also thought, and Brian, you and I have talked about this before, one of the things that I thought said everything about how far he came was how blown away we were that he would make such a boneheaded interception mistake on the interception to end the the Packers' hopes of winning that game against the 49ers. That's the kind of stuff, as a first-year starter, he's actually supposed to do, and we had determined that he had moved past that kind of mistake because he'd been so good during that nine-game stretch. Yeah, that that was surprising. And, And you know what? And like I said to Homer when we talked about it afterwards, like, I'm not judging him based on that. Like, and, and he said it, right? Like, that was like a mortal sin for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. But it shows you how highly people that watch the Packers and watch him think of him and kind of where he's come from, from the start of the season to the end of the season. I mean, those numbers you read off, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Like, that's really, really good. That is really, really good. Um, and you're right. He won't keep that up for 17 games. And like I said, you can't have – to be in the MVP race, you can't have major dips, right? right. Like they got to be small little dips. They can't be big ones like they had early on in the season where your team can't even get a first down. Um, but if you look at that and those last – you know, the last nine games and those numbers, say he adds 10 touchdowns to that and, you know, three or four picks – he he's in the running for it and he's got and you know you know who knows how many yards come with that right there could be two another two thousand three thousand who knows um but if he stays around you know does that there's no reason why he shouldn't be like there's no reason why he shouldn't be in that top two top three for that for that mvp and and he's capable of it that's the thing we know he's capable of it and we know that the talent around him is capable of helping to elevate him to that as well. So um, we, I don't look at the MVP as just a one-man thing, right? Like he won it. You got to have the pieces around you to do it. You got to have the receivers. You got to have the running backs, and you got to have the offensive line. Which I think the offensive line should be good enough to help him win that. It should be. Um, and the running backs are there right if Aaron Jones stays healthy mm-hmm. and we know the wideouts are there so like the the cast around him is there to help him win that he they just have to go get it and that's really what it is and th- there's decision making that goes with that right there's a lot of things that go into that for a quarterback but 
we saw that he can get on a heater and roll. And we've seen that from Aaron, too. Aaron gets on a heater and you just get into a flow of it and you, you just can't do any wrong as a quarterback. And that's kind of what Jordan Love did. So I think if he, he starts off the season not on the same pace but starts off hot and, and is running things in control and Green Bay's getting wins and, and they're moving along, he, he's going to be in the running for it for sure. We're going to talk about heartbreaking losses. I do also think that there is a inherent – that's what the playoffs are. You're playing good teams, so it's going to be a very close game, and you're probably if, – if you end up on the losing end, you're getting your guts ripped out. But there are some that are worse than others. And we'll take that walk down memory lane with Brian Bulaga next. It's Wilde and Tausch. You're listening to Wildey and Tausch on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Call Gina Della from Pella at 855-PELLA-WI or visit online at PellaWI.com slash radio. But you can hurt me tomorrow. I think there's a uh, Def Leppard song called Bring It On the Heartbreak, which you're too young for. Were you a hair metal band guy? Did you like the did you like that music when you when you were a teenager? Which you were on the verge of being a teenager when you made it to the NFL. You were such a you were twenty, right? When you made it to the NFL? Twenty? Uh yeah, I was twenty, then when I won the Super Bowl I was twenty one, yeah. Still the youngest to ever start yeah. the Super Bowl, I believe. Uh what were you listening to? Because we know you, you, you like that country song that we use when you join yep. us uh, on Wednesdays. What was your go-to music as a, as a young Brian Bulaga before and while at Awa? Yeah, so big into ACDC. Loved ACDC. Oh. Um, at the time when I was in high school, in that time, 50 Cent was big, right? So it was... Um, 50 Cent was a was kind of the big name rapper. Drake was just kind of starting to gain steam at, at that time. So a lot of Drake, um, obviously a lot of country. Um, so I was kind of like a mixed bag. I listened to everything. Like it was kind of whatever was on, you kind of just find what you like and listen to it. So I could go into, you know, any weight room or anything and whatever was playing, I was – I was all for it. I could could do, you know, the only thing I didn't really like was like heavy metal screaming, you know, like stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like I, I just never got into that. Like I'm with you, you know, it, it just kind of, it made my head hurt and I just, I don't know. It just well, wasn't my thing. Speaking of things that made your head hurt, when you think back about your <laughs> career, uh, is there anything that compares in terms of disappointment to the 2014 NFC Championship game in Seattle in January of 2015? No. There's nothing. There, I mean, that's the biggest disappointment uh, in my career in a game. That's the biggest disappointment. Um, it, it was <laughs> – and, you know – I think about it every time the, you know, the championship games get played on Championship Sunday, and you watch the NFC and the AFC Championship. I, I can't help but think about it. Um, 
because I never felt in a game so in control of a game. You know, we, we I felt like we had the game so in control and we were dominating the game and it was on our terms and, and we were playing so well. Um, funny story, my brother was at the game and at halftime he was, you know, went to go to the bathroom and get a beer and he was in the in the bathroom and, you know, the Seahawks fans, you know, he was wearing Packer stuff saying, hey, congratulations, you guys played great, good luck in the Super Bowl. Like literally <laughs> congratulating him at halftime, you know, as he's, you know, in the urinal. And like, you know, that, that was the vibe in the stadium is that we went in there and just dominated them. And, and it felt that way on the field as well. We knew we had to bring a physicality to the game because obviously their defense was great. Um, and we felt like we brought that. And we, we, we came in there and we, we brought a toughness and physicality to the game um, offensively and defensively, and we dominated them. And then, you know, late in the third quarter and fourth quarter, it just switched. And I never then felt, besides, like, I was with the Chargers and I think New England beat us, like, 45 to nothing. That was embarrassing. But um, was that I better? never felt – Was that – because that – you. Just, you mentioned that offhandedly, but that was kind of what we were talking about yesterday to some degree. And, and look, I don't believe that the loss to the 49ers is anything close to what we're talking about here with 4th and 26 or the Packers losing Super Bowl 32 to a 12.5-point underdog or the NFC Championship yeah. game in 2014 because they had their chances Jordan Love threw a pick. They dropped two interceptions. Their kicker missed a field goal. They got what they deserved. And I'm sorry if that's mean, but that's the reality of the NFL is if you make mistakes on the biggest of stages, you lose the game, and that's fine. But in your case, you had such control of that game. What Did you feel, is it better to get your ass kicked than have your heart ripped out? No. You oh. know what? I'd rather have my heart. I'd, I'd rather have my heart ripped out. Because that means, that means to me that we were in the game. We made it a game. We were competing. If you just go get blown out, you weren't like we did against Atlanta. You were never even in the game, right? Like you were just you happened to be in it, and you know we lost that game to Atlanta, and yeah, it sucked, it hurt, but we walked off that field knowing we were not the better team, and that's. Um, and that's okay. You know, that's what happens in the NFL. Sometimes you lose these games and you're like, hey, we weren't the better team today. That's the way it goes. But that Seattle game, that wasn't the case, right? We, mm -hmm. it, 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 it was a completely different feel and vibe. Um, and I've never, like I said, like I felt so in control of the game and where we were. And then that last, I feel like 10, 11 minutes, I've never felt so out of control in a game where you just didn't know what was going to happen. You couldn't get the, couldn't get the, you know, tempo to go your way. The only thing that felt right then was that last drive where we had to go down and kick a field goal. Like I, we felt like we were back in control of it at that point. And that was with 48 seconds left in the game um, that we needed to at least get a field goal to, to send this thing into overtime. And then obviously we all know what happened in overtime. We didn't get the ball, and that was that was that. Because I felt like if we would have got the ball, we would have scored a touchdown. And I know Seattle felt that way because we had just did what we did to them 
or did what we had done on that 48 seconds, went down, which no one had done to them the whole season in right. their house, um, go down, kick a field goal, put it to open. No one's done that to them. So they knew if we got the ball, we were going to score a touchdown. Like it, and we felt that way on offense. But that last 10, 11 minutes of that game – it just felt like it was spiraling. Like everything that could have went wrong did go wrong. And yeah, I mean, it, it was the most gut wrenching thing that I've experienced in a long time. And it, and it hurt. So I don't, I'd rather, but at the end of the day, I'd rather have that happen than just get blown out. Cause you walk out of a blowout almost emotionless. Like, Hey, like we just like you're embarrassed, but like it it wasn't like we even had a chance in it, and that's what you don't want to feel in an NFL game. You want to feel that you had a chance, you gave yourself a chance, you competed, um, you just didn't walk in there and just get blown out. So I look at it from the standpoint as if if, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna get a heart wrencher or a blowout, I'm gonna take the one that hurts the most because that means. We we were in the game. Somewhere, Rascal Flats is singing. What hurts the most is we were so close. Yeah, um, and, L- and literally. And and the thing about that game for me, anyway, as an observer of it, was I thought you guys played scared the first time you went to Seattle in the opener. They were the defending yeah. champs. Uh, you like you basically lined up Jarrett Boykin on one side of the field on Richard Sherman and then ignored that side of the field because you were afraid to throw at him. I just thought you guys played scared. And what you did that day in Seattle in the NFC Championship game was you took the fight to the Legion of Boom. And that's why Yep. That's why it sucked because you guys I mean yeah. that was a hell of a story and a hell of a performance. Uh, you also got hosed. There was an offsides that should have been called on Martellus Bennett's brother, uh, and Rogers yep. threw a pick in the end zone, and that play was that was a mistake of that call that should have wiped out the interception. You guys settled for a couple field goals early, so there were things that happened besides the collapse at the end. But man, oh man, the 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 fact that like seven things had to go wrong for you guys to lose to me that has to be the worst part of it. Is that just one of those yeah. things doesn't happen, and you're in the Super Bowl again? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and it's funny you mentioned the offsides to a pick because, like, that was so early in the game that, like, you know, you kind of lose thought of that. But that is such a key point because Huge. clearly, clearly offsides, like way offsides. And we snap it like we've done all season, and they don't call it. Right, and Aaron, it's a free play. Thinking, yeah, thinking we have a free play, takes a shot, gets picked off, and there's no flag. And it's just unbelievable um, when you look back at these small things. And then, obviously, we were on the goal line. We ran it a bunch, didn't get in. Um, small things like that that you don't think about because of what happened later in the game. But if we – if those things go our way or say we just get the offsides called on, you know, what happened at the goal line was our own fault. Didn't block it clean enough. Didn't score a touchdown. Okay. Mm-hmm. But like something like that goes our way. We get the penalty that we should have gotten. We get a new set of downs and we probably at the minimum get another field goal. Right. Which then mm-hmm. we win the game anyway. You know what I mean? So like you look at those small things, um, and there was, there, like you said, there was like five or six things that went against us, 
and what was either self-inflicted or like the penalty that we didn't get that we go to the Super Bowl that year and it and it and that's what makes that loss just sting man it hurts uh, it is interesting, though, and Tausch talked about this yesterday. It is interesting that you'd rather get your heart ripped out because I don't think fans operate the same way. They want to be able to move on, and there were fans moving on, as you mentioned, in Seattle from a game that was at halftime. They were already moving on when they encountered your brother in the restroom. So uh, I get yeah. that. Um, we will be reuniting the doctor of football with the goat of Wisconsin Sports Talk Radio, Steve the Homer True, because he joins us every Wednesday at 1030-ish, and so he will do that next. want to remind you, hopefully you never need their help. Hopefully you never are seriously injured in an accident. Hopefully you never have to make that one call, that's all. But if you do... Make it to Gruber Law Offices. One call, that's all. 414-276-6666. 414-276-6666. Or go online, gruber-law.com. Find out more about the firm. Find out more about David and his family and their history here in the greater Milwaukee area. And find out more about all the great lawyers they have and how they contribute to the community as well. Gruber Law Offices, one call. That's all. Uncle Homer calls us next. It's Will D. Tausch. This is Wilde and Tausch on 94.5 ESPN. Sponsored by American Family Insurance. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at amfam.com. Whatever you do, make sure do it right. Whatever you do, make sure you Oh, the goat is here. That's what that music means every weekday. You hear him on the Homer Hour from 5 to 6 on 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee generally turning the show over to Brian Belago when I appear with him. You also hear him on the Marquette Men's Basketball Radio Network. Big win for the number four ranked Golden Eagles and a big game at UConn this weekend. And, of course, you can always find him doing God Talk, My Faith with Homer and Pip on YouTube. He is Steve the Homer. True Homer, good morning. How are you? I'm good. The biggest game since the Old Testament. Marquette, UConn, Saturday at 2 o'clock. How it's not on Fox and isn't the biggest game of the day is beyond me. Is it on Peacock? I I don't know what it's on. I love Peacock. Uh, I don't care what Tosh says. (laughs) He's he's definitely down on Peacock. It's on Fox, but it's at 2 in the afternoon as opposed to being their big primetime game that they hype up. Which is Michigan, Michigan State. Lame primetime. Nine people care about Yeah, the biggest issue of Michigan is that all their fans want them to lose so that they change the coaches. Hmm. That's the big story. Uh, I wish I would. I wish Iowa would change coaches. I don't like that coach. Uh, like their football coach. Not a fan of their basketball coach. Uh, Homer, yeah, I he's wanted got to... problems late in the season. Yeah, he seems he's... higher out. I don't. He complains a lot too. Um, Homer, uh, you spend what two days a week with Brian Bulaga on the Homer Hour, at least as of now. Uh, yes, this is the last Thursday, and then it'll be on Monday. He approved you as being uh, on the show on Monday, so. Assuming that you want to do it, then you're on now Mondays with him. Because Thursday is now basketball. Wow. And who's the Brian Bulaga of the basketball show? That would be Tony Ooh. Smith. Oh, there you have it. Reunited, Homer and Tony, 5-6 to six on Thursdays talking basketball. All right. Uh, Homer, I'm wondering if you're open to changing the doctor of football nickname. 
No, there's a nurse practitioner. Come on. Come <laughs> oh, you've been listening. Good. <laughs> Come on. Okay. I just want to throw that he out. He says, I don't want to be called the doctor. Then everybody, everything he said explained why he should be called the doctor. I'll let anybody go to WisconsinOnDemand.com and listen to it. It's fair. He's very good. Uh, there's no yeah. denying that. All right. Uh, I wanted to ask right. you, because we just got done reliving the 2014 NFC Championship game with Brian, because that's the every kind of friend I am. I will deal it every year. This, is, this whole discussion is just so bizarre to me. Everybody would love to go as far as they can, because to lo- like I'll lose in the Super Bowl every year the rest of my life. Every year. Because in order to get to the Super Bowl, you have to have great moments. And right. those moments are a part of the history. So that, that's everybody can say whatever they want. They're just lying. But at some point, I guess, I after agree. you lose four in a row, you might say, I need a rest. But you really don't. I mean, think of the, uh, the great wins or the great parts that Buffalo had. Now, they're forgotten historically. But they're not forgotten in terms of what you remember that year or of recent. But yes, when you nothing else matters historically if you lose in the Super Bowl. Um, but again, you have those moments and games that occur to get you there that you'll always you will have enjoyed, even if you choose to forget. Homer, what's the? I, I agree with that. Yeah, I I do too. I, I again, and I usually am cautious about like saying that. For example, Marquette made the Final Four with Dwayne Wade. They got beat by a thousand by Kansas. I mean, it wasn't a thousand, but it felt like a thousand. It was the least competitive game I think I've ever done, and it was tough at the time. But do you think I'm going to give up the great moments that occurred in winning the four games to get there? Because I don't want to lose. No. I'll go to the Final Four every year and lose by 50 because I know what's going to happen and how hard it is and how good it is to get that far. So. Yeah, I mean, I, see, and this was Jason and I were just kind of talking about this. Like when we got blown out by Atlanta in the NFC Championship game, yeah, I mean, it it sucked. But, I, I mean, but we were kind of talking in the context of which game would I rather have had, the, the Atlanta game? Or the Seattle game. And I take the Seattle uh, game every time just, because... It, yeah, that one's just as easy. Everybody's lying about that, too. You, you, had, you, had, you yeah. want to be in the game. You want to be in the yes. game. And uh, the only people that don't understand that have never experienced the incredible embarrassment of being destroyed and how you just want to get a shovel and dig a hole and hide in it because you're embarrassed to be a part of it. If you've never experienced it, then I can see how you would say you'd rather lose by a ton. But anybody who's lived it, they'll take losing on the last second every day of the rest of their life versus the embarrassment of being crushed. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I just look at it that way. Oh, you know, Homer, you know, since we're on the Marquette kick, you know, I I did want to ask, because, you know, I don't follow basketball as much. You know, I I can't say that I do. Yeah, you're definitely not a doctor of basketball. Yeah, yeah, you know, but knowing we were having you on, and obviously the last time we spoke, you were going to go on the road trip with Marquette, and, you know, I heard, you know, Jesse talk about the – you know, the battling win against Butler. And then I had to see how Butler's not that good. So was was Marquette just looking ahead to this big game this week and they almost drop an easy one to Butler? Or 
is is Marquette, you know, I get their fourth ranked, but I mean, do you like their chances this weekend? I guess, you know, no, they, they no, almost have a there. stinker against Butler. No, they didn't have a stinker. Butler had won five of the last six. Uh, they've been playing much better. Uh, they were at home. They've been tough at home. And, uh, I mean, you know, Butler's like, I don't know what they were, seven and six. But uh, they're much better. Just like uh, when Wisconsin lost to Rutgers, Rutgers is 100 times better because they've got a new kid. So um, it would have been uh, – and then uh, there are more upsets now of, I don't know what it was, top 25 teams – on the road, you know, the, the balance in college basketball among the top 25 teams is greater than it's ever been. So, But, no, it would be a, it would be a massive surprise for Marquette to win at UConn because Marquette beat them twice last year. UConn's at home. They're the number one team in the country. So it doesn't mean they can't win, but people need to understand how amazing it would be if they did. Okay. Because I'm going to watch it just simply because – you know, I may even try to tune in to listen to you calling it and then watch it on TV Ooh. so I can just hear you talk, but then I can watch it on TV and not hear those guys call it. I can just, hear you call it. Just so you know, you are the doctor of football. I am the Ph.D. of college basketball. Oh, be- believe me, I'm not saying that I know anything about basketball, but I'm saying no, I can learn a little bit if I listen to you. No, you know. not really. Um you don't really care oh, enough to. Come but I'm on. Saying, I look forward. I look forward to you becoming a PhD in football. You're not there, but I think you have potential right now. Hmm. You're, you're better, better get your undergrad <laughs> first. Uh, all yeah, right, I better we'll get my degree. We'll continue. <laughs> that was we'll, going to be my. That was going to be my follow up. I guess I don't need to go there. Thanks, Jake. Uh, I, I will. Uh, I will continue. We'll continue this conversation. I do have a question for the PhD of college basketball, and that is: Thank you. What does he make? of what's going on here in my town in Green Bay and what UW-Green Bay is doing. He's gone. You better enjoy him while you can. That dude is gone. We'll talk about that, and we'll get back to football as well next. It's Wilde and Tausch. You're listening to Wilde and Tausch on 94.5 ESPN, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin and sponsored by American Family Insurance. Continuing with the doctor of football and the Ph.D. of college basketball. Jesse, did I see a text of uh, someone, maybe Sue, not happy with the nurse practitioner? I I want to be clear. My mother was a nurse. I was not running anyone down for not. I'm just... I'm just like trying to find something other than doctor, Mm -hmm. and I was actually going for the joke. So I appreciate... um, well, I mean, Sue. the doctor's higher on the food chain than nurse practitioner. That's right, so not what the, Sue says. Here's the, here's the text uh, from well, Sue. However, here, here. the nurse practitioner is one of the great additions to the medical field because they're capable of doing much of what a doctor does. So, But doctors are ahead of nurse practitioners. Uh, Jason, well, who are we, who are we Jason, as a retired nurse practitioner, I am pleased uh, that right. Mr. Bulaga has joined our ranks. However, a nurse practitioner is not... A downgraded doctor. Our roles are different and complementary. 
like playing complimentary football, and nurse practitioners now have their doctorate degree in order to practice. Listen almost every day and really enjoy, Brian, the that nurse practitioner breaking down the game. Sue, I don't want to – I did not – I did not mean to disrespect you, I Sue. Will. I'm sorry. But I home, home will. You're lower on the food chain than the doctor. Uh, but but you could say they're as important, or in some cases more important. There are enough doctors, and uh, nurse practitioners do many of the things that uh, doctors do, so you don't need a doctor. It's been a great change in the medical field. I'm Team Sue. But doctors are higher on the food chain. Nice try, Sue. Of course you would be, Jesse. No, uh, Come on. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, so... Homer, speaking of lower on the food chain, uh, you are the voice of Marquette men's basketball. Obviously, we love our Badgers on this show with Matt LePay, the voice of the Badgers. Someday maybe Jesse Nelson can be like, aiming. I'm, for example, I'm lower on the food chain than Matt LePay. So, yeah, you'll get so an argument here. Like yeah, And Jesse's lower on the food chain than you. Uh, even though he doesn't think so. But my question is, UW-Green Bay has... I, I don't think I'm... Go ahead. Uh, I don't want to. I, I do I not want to get into that therapy situation with that you. That doesn't matter because the matter is what uh, the perception, reality, and you know. I'm sure I love this. Steve Yoder probably thinks he's a better coach than Mike Shashevsky, but that doesn't make it so. Uh, Sundance Wicks has <laughs> UW Green Bay at I believe yeah, seventeen and nine going into their game yeah. tonight. Uh, what what? Will Ryan was there, and he struggled to win seven games. What is it about Sundance Wicks that has the uh, Phoenix flying high? Well, we don't know. I mean, it's possible Bo Ryan's kid's the worst coach in the history of college basketball. Uh, You have to accept that. I mean, they lost by, like, look at the games they lost at home by, like, 30 points. I don't think that's the case. So the reality is, all around the country, this is what's being said privately about Dude, the guy can win at Green Bay. He can win anywhere. There's absolutely zero chance that he's back as the coach at Green Bay next year. That would be the biggest shock in the world. Because what he's done is incredible. Unless, and you would know this better than I, if he has all new players because of uh, the difference of, you know, uh, the, the transfer portal, that would qualify to some degree, but not really, because the thought would be, well, if he did it there, he could do it at our school. Mm-hmm. Like DePaul. Uh, DePaul should hire him. So I, I I know he has a connection to the athletic director Josh Moon uh, at UWGB. And look, I I don't I don't know enough about their team and their roster. I just he came know from that Wyoming, didn't he? Wasn't he assistant? Yeah, I believe Wyoming. he was an assistant there. But it's it's yeah. been it is wild to see. And I figured since we had the PhD of college basketball, I would get your take on that because I, by look, the way, a medical doctor is higher on the food chain than PhD. Um, and even though all the members of my family are PhDs, mm-hmm. I've informed them of that as well. Um, yeah, and 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 about how you, you there were coaches at tennis that thought you were orphans because your parents never came to your matches, which that, was actually, not, that, that only happened once. It didn't happen a number of times. Um, but yes, I'm strong supported that parents should never attend every game in a season of their child. There must be one game they don't go to. So that the child can tell them what happened, and then you find out how they play when the parents aren't there. The games are not for the parents. The games are for the kids. That should not be forgotten, and I think, unfortunately, it is, because it's fun to go to the games. I'd I'd love to uh, give you a platform to continue this, but I wanted to touch on one more thing while we... 
we I had you and Brian way. together. And that is, I was listening yes. to the show on Monday, and Brian, and I'm going to have him do this during the 11 o'clock hour, but he did a great job of breaking down two things. One, the way Kyle Shanahan got away from the run in the Super Bowl, and some similarities, perhaps, to the coach of the Green Bay Packers, Matt LaFleur, having a tendency to occasionally do that. And two, the way the 49ers' defense played vis-a-vis how the Packers' defense could play if they're going to run a similar system. But what I listened to you guys talk about, and you being you and him being him, he was very clinical in his diagnosis of how often the 49ers were getting held. And you were, at least seven times, I heard you say. Um, When you look at the Super Bowl, and this is one of those sneaky things that no one was talking about after the game when they were talking about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey bumping his coach and a rage and everything else. Uh, do you think that that swung the game? Do you think that was the difference in yes. the game is the way it was called? Yes. yes. I agree. Without a doubt because, because the Kansas City line was so bad on the year, and I don't believe there – somebody said there's never been a holding call against Kansas City in the last number of X years in the Super Bowl, uh, and that, that may be true and is of note, but – uh, this was different because their offensive line is horrible this year. They may have led the league in holdings, didn't they? Weren't they up there? So, um, for yeah, sure in penalties. For sure in penalties. Yeah, they don't win the game unless the officials decide they're going to not call any penalties or whatever their standard was. Brian, do you agree with that yeah, diagnosis? Won the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it changed the game dramatically for sure. And I mean, I said this to Homer like. There's plays that happen where linemen or San Francisco D linemen were just getting dragged to the ground and held blatantly. And, you know, those calls get made. It backs Kansas City up another 10 yards and they play another down and it could go different ways. So um, I think it, it definitely impacted the game. And, you know, all the pro Chiefs people like, you guys are talking about this too much. But I can assure you if it was vice versa and flipped around, we, we wouldn't hear the end of it. So, like, I look at this as when the refs let this go to that level in the Super Bowl, right? Like, we don't want to see a flag-happy game, and Homer and I talked about this, mm-hmm. but when blatant things like this happen, and it happened a lot to the San Francisco uh, D-line, it changes the way San Francisco has to approach the game then, right? Because they are so used to – rushing with four and getting pressure that when, you know, that doesn't happen, whether that is from holding or they're just not winning blocks, it changes the way that they have to run their defense, which then makes them bring pressure, which is then great for Pat Mahomes because then he could just dissect their defense, which he did. So it changes the outcome of the game, not just because there were no penalties, but it makes San Francisco do things that they're not comfortable doing which then makes Pat Mahomes be more comfortable with having them having to rush seven or eight guys, which then opens up guys down the field, and he's able to dissect them, which he did. So it's not just the flags. It's what happens because there are no flags, which makes me believe that the outcome of the game was changed because of that. 
Well, it was a fantastic discussion, and you, we only got into it a little bit uh, here. So if you want to hear the entirety of it, it was Monday's edition of the Homer Hour. I was listening to it during my drive for Maddie's Ballet. It was really, really good. I highly recommend going to Wisconsin On Demand or wherever else you get your podcast to get the Homer Hour from Monday when Homer and Brian broke that down. Homer, uh, call a good game on, uh, on Saturday at UConn. We appreciate you, buddy. That's not going to happen. No one has ever complimented me in 34 years after a Marquette loss. Nobody's ever said, you know, they lost, but you are really on fire. Uh, the uh, <laughs> belief in the game is determined totally 110% by whether the team wins. And I I, uh, I certainly want Marquette to win, but I mentioned what I did because people need to realize how difficult it is and uh, the magnitude of the victory if they can pull it off. Well, We'll, we will be happy to compliment you next week if they win on what a great call. And Brian will know because he's going to sync up his uh, varsity app he's with his TV broadcast. Oh, I, don't, I don't know. Tauscher would make that stuff up. Actually, Bulaga, I think there's a chance. I think there is, too. Might mm-hmm. exactly. I'm not sure I would yeah. go to that you app see, to tell you the truth. I'd, see, but you, you want to see you, if you – yeah, if you ask me if I'm going to do it, now I have to do it, so I'm going to do it. I just need to you, oh. Pebbles or someone needs to tell me how excuse I can me. log in to listen excuse to you. Excuse me, uh, excuse me, is my phone working now that I said now? So that that means that you'll get a college degree. Is that no? Whoa, no. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I think I need to hang up and try to figure this stuff out. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he just I, I thought we were on the precipice of getting rid of him without any reference to that. Uh and then we didn't make it. All right. Thanks to Homer. He, he, we always he enjoy can't let it go. He just no, he, he him he doesn't let anything go. Let's be honest. Uh no. we are gonna let go of the ten o'clock hour and kick off the eleven o'clock hour, during which we will play double trivia and with Brian Balaga as our cousin sub of the day for Tausch, he gets to play along like Tausch does. We'll see if he and the contestants come to an agreement. He can't help the contestants, but once they answer, we'll see if Brian... Ag- It'll be like uh, Hollywood Squares. Uh, agree or disagree? Oh, okay. Kind of. Uh, you, okay. You're, you're, in the center, you're in the center square, Brian. We'll play that during the 11 o'clock hour, which starts in two minutes. So stick around. It's Wilde and Tausch.